0: Welcome to Lips on Life. I'm your host, Jessica Lips, and I could not be more pleased to welcome Ali Stroker as my next guest. Allie made history by being the first person in a wheelchair to perform on Broadway. She did so this year in the show Spring Awakening, which was just nominated for a Tony for Best Revival of a Musical. Ally also was the first actress in a wheelchair to earn a degree from NYU's Tisch Drama Department, she is widely known for her work on Glee and Glee Project. There's a lot more to this talented woman who is breaking barriers, and we're going to hear from her now. Thanks so much for being here, Allie. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. Congratulations on your recent Tony nominations for Spring Awakening. That is so exciting. <laughs> How are you feeling? Thank you. It's been really
1: exciting. Wow. I never... Well, I guess you dream about the Tonys as, as a theater kid, But to actually be a part of a show that was nominated feels like pinch me, am I I dreaming? Have you already been out to celebrate with your castmates? Yes, last night we went out, we saw a show and we had dinner. We saw our director who was also nominated. Uh, So that was really, really
0: exciting. So um, I want to get to know a little bit more about you and who you are and your journey. And I always like to start at the very beginning. So where are you from? I'm originally from Ridgewood, New Jersey. Um, I was born and raised there, and
1: uh, yeah, I am a Jersey girl. (laughs) I like it. You haven't always been in a wheelchair, is that true? That's correct. I was in a car accident when I was two um, and had um, suffered a spinal cord injury, which left me paralyzed from the chest down, and uh, I've been using a
0: wheelchair since I was two. Were you in the car with other family members? Yeah, or? I was in
1: um, I was in a car accident with my mom and my brother, and we were in a head-on collision. So I am fully independent. Um, that was something that I worked in physical therapy for years on to gain the strength to be able to transfer from my wheelchair to my bed, into the shower, um, in the bathroom, um, all with my upper body, because that's what I have. And I don't have use of my core. But I actually think even more interesting than movement is feeling, because I'm paralyzed. I technically don't have any feeling um, m- below my chest. But um, with a spinal cord injury, I can feel pressure. And how I like to describe it is that it's like if you had, like, Four thick blankets on top of your body, and then somebody, if somebody were to touch you on top of the blankets, that's what it feels like. So, if there's pressure, you can feel a little bit, but as far as touch, like the skin, I can't feel that. That's the part of my injury and this experience that I'm always wanting to explore. Because I think as a human being, as we grow, we feel more. And what I have discovered for myself with my disability is as I emotionally open up more, the more I am feeling. The more you're physically feeling as you emotionally open up more? Yeah, which is kind of wild. I was told my whole life that I could not feel my legs. I could not feel. But as I like, become less afraid of what that means, the more sensation I feel like I'm getting. Did you always know that you wanted to be an actress? I did not always know I wanted to be an actress. I was introduced to theater when I was seven years old, which really is when I remember my life beginning. I think because when I found theater, it was like the light at the end of the tunnel Um, because um, when I was hurt, when I was injured when I was two, it was really, you know, traumatizing. And um, I was very shy. I got really shy after the accident. And then finding theater and being on stage, something happened. I... I kind of came out of my shell and I really, I learned how much I loved playing characters and singing and singing really made me feel so good. You know, having a spinal cord injury, y- your physical movement is limited. My voice wasn't affected. So when I sing, it's like, it feels
0: like freedom. Did you always know that you wanted to go to NYU drama school?
1: I didn't. I started doing theater when I was seven. I knew I wanted to be a performer. I mean, it was so clear to me. I was like, this is what I'm doing for the, with the rest of my life, which is very funny to to hear from someone who's young that they're so confident that this is what they want to do with their life. But I, I knew it. I was like, yep, done. And so uh, I started looking at colleges, and um, when I would go to look at campuses, it was really interesting. I It was the first time in my life where I realized, oh... Um, my wheelchair is a thing for people because the town that I grew up in, everyone was so supportive and really knew our story. The town really rallied around my family after I got hurt to be out in the real world where people are not necessarily aware of, you know, why I'm in a chair and what my situation is. I would, I was on these campuses and I would I was looking to see if I would fit there, and it was so clear right away, like, if I was going to fit or not based on how I felt with the culture and the community of people. And so when I came to look at NYU, I was rolling around New York City and looking at, um, like, the buildings, the NYU buildings, and... um, I was visiting with a friend and that night we went and saw like this really cool indie movie and we went out for dinner and I was like, this is what I want for the next four years. People weren't staring at me when I was rolling down the street like it's New York. So I I knew right away it was actually didn't have as much to do about with NYU as it did with New York City that this felt like the
0: right campus, the right environment, the right culture for me. Was your experience, in fact, that way also when you got to the school? No, it was
1: not. (laughs) Um, There was a lot of fear and hesitation at first. It was interesting. I was accepted early into the program, and then uh, I sat down with the dean and the head of the program that I was in, and they were like, we're very happy to have you, but we're not sure if this is going to work out. And I was a little like, oh, but you invited me. What do you? (laughs) Yeah, what? What do you mean it's not gonna work out? And they were just really concerned about how they were going to make the curriculum work for someone in a wheelchair. And at the time, it was really scary because I was like, "Oh my god, this is gonna be really hard." And then I realized, "Oh right, I'm gonna have to pave all these roads for myself," and there are people that are going to get in the way because they are afraid or they don't know or they're not educated. And I, and I in that moment, realized, oh, I'm also gonna have to educate people and, and help them move through their fears and as well as deal with my own. I realized very early on that in order for me to achieve these dreams and these goals of mine, I was going to need people to help me and I was gonna have to get them on board. And if they were afraid, not only were they not going to get on board, but they were going to stand in my way. So I had to learn how to sort of communicate and articulate
0: my needs and also go slowly to not freak anybody out. How did you find the strength at the time to be able to stand up to them? My parents
1: are remarkable people, and they really helped me and taught me how to advocate for myself. Um, And... From a
0: very early age, yeah, from a very
1: early age, because I wanted to be performing and I wanted to be um, participating in everything very early on, um, and I watched my parents have conversations with people about how, you know, it, NYU wasn't the first time that I was getting any pushback. You know, there were there were a lot of moments before then, but my parents sort of were dealing with dealing with that and you know, I would watch them say things like, let's just give it a shot. We'll come in. You have to meet Ally. you know, things like that. Because what's interesting is that sometimes the chair is, my wheelchair is sort of, I don't know. But once somebody meets me, it's like, oh, it's like, I know this is a person. This person is, you know, kind and open and easygoing. This is not going to be uncomfortable. Um, but NYU the beginning was really hard and by the end of the 4 years and by the end of my experience it was amazing. It was amazing like I was chosen to be the Tisch representative to accept the diploma at Yankee Stadium. I met Hillary Clinton. Like I I felt like I I really one at the end of it all, which was really great. Um, what changed? The first thing that happened was my peers really got on board, and they were just like, yeah, whatever you need and whatever you want to do, we're going to help you do it. And then the teachers really got to know me, and they really felt like I had talent and and um, and something important to bring um to to th- this business and and to theater and to the stage and so um, I was really nurtured I they really you know by my third year they they sat down with me and they said you know please stay at this program and we will do anything to make it happen for, for and whatever you want to do whatever you want to pursue which is a pretty amazing <laughs> um, place to come to when at first I was being met with a lot of fear and. And um, some hesitation. Good for them and good for you. Thank you. So then I auditioned for the Glee Project. And the Glee Project was a reality-based TV show where you competed for a role on Glee. I was the runner-up and then was written onto the show from that opportunity and the Glee Project at first I was really nervous about doing reality TV because I was like oh god what is this gonna be but I was actually really really happy that I did it because it gave me the opportunity to not only um, perform for 10 weeks on television but also to share my story which is something that always rolls into the room with me so now it's like not as many people ask me why are you in a chair you know it's like oh yes this is an actress in a wheelchair we know her story let's now get to the work
0: which is really nice for me Speaking of the work, you were just in a groundbreaking role in Spring Awakening. Congratulations. Thank you. How did that audition opportunity come up? Did people know about you from your work on Glee or did your manager say, hey, there's this great new production. Do you want to check it out? Yeah,
1: I had just um, I had just started working with new agents and this was the first audition they sent me out on and it was for um, a production of Spring Awakening that Def West was producing and creating. It was a Production in a 99 seat uh, black box theater. This was the first production that we did out in LA. And I went in and auditioned, and I knew the music director from college, and the director knew me from Glee. He had watched The Glee Project in Glee. He cast me as the role of Anna, which was really exciting because that the way that that character is written is very much who I am, who Allie is. She's sort of the leader of the pack, and, and like, the, she's sort of the oldest out of all the girls and, and kind of um, has, has some wisdom, which has sort of always been kind of the role that I've taken in social situations. So that was really fun. And then I also had to learn sign language. For the role, I spoke and signed my whole part, so I learned it in both languages. Um,
0: and did you just learn sign language for the parts that you were speaking and singing, or did you actually learn the full vocabulary of sign language?
1: So how it started was I knew the alphabet. That's how I came into the experience. I knew the alphabet. Uh, and That's more than the average person. Right. When we jumped into the rehearsal process, it was tough because the first thing you do when you're a part of a company is you want to get to know everyone. And half of the cast was deaf, and I realized, oh, I'm not going to be able to connect with them until I learn this language. So I was learning my part um, in this rehearsal process, and then... On every lunch break, on every break, I was learning sign language to be able to talk and communicate and connect with my cast. So it was... And by the end,
0: were you able to do so? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say that I'm fluent, but I can have conversations, go out for dinner, you know, (laughs) walk around New York City and talk with, um, you know, my my friends who are deaf with sign language. Um, you know, I, I really wanted to be able to connect with these, these actors, these friends, but also my community, like these actors also have disabilities and are facing a lot of the same challenges that I am in this business of trying to make it work and trying to find work and trying to find roles and trying to work with um, directors and producers who might not understand. So it was like I really found my people, my posse.
0: Speaking of which, what has the impact of Spring Awakening been on the theater community. In fact, I have a statistic. Um, It says that these past two seasons on Broadway showcased seven productions featuring disabled characters, but none of them were played by actors with disabilities. So what was the reaction to Spring Awakening, and what kind of an impact do you think it's had on theater?
1: The response um, from our production of Spring Awakening was pretty intense. People were really blown away and really moved by um, watching people who actually have disabilities portray this story or tell this story. And I think that um, one of the main themes of Spring Awakening is communication. Most of the lead characters were deaf um, and played as deaf characters as well and then they were partnered with a voice so somebody who was not deaf who was voicing and playing in- the instrument and um what was so powerful was to watch these deaf actors not be able to hear any of the music and to hit every single cue and how do to- they do it it took a year to get it that tight it was the hardest rehearsal process I had ever been a part of because everything moved a little bit slower and it was, it was not just for the deaf actors but for all of us learning sign language. We were learning a new language and when you're signing to music, you can't go slowly. You have to keep to tempo. So it was really hard. It was very, very difficult. But when we locked in, when it worked, It was so powerful, and not just for an audience, but for all of us on stage. It was like, how is this happening? We're all communicating and helping each other, and to this day, it is the most powerful
0: piece of theater I've ever been a part of. Actually, I want to talk a little bit more about being on Broadway and being in your first show on Broadway. Yeah. So tell me about that experience. I had wanted to be on Broadway since I was eight
1: or nine years old since I saw my first Broadway show and I, I always knew I was going to do it and I, it wasn't a matter of if, it was just how. I didn't know how I was going to do it. So when I found out that I was going to be doing the show, I, it was like it was just a moment of just all the pieces fitting and it was such a green light of, of like, yes, I'm doing it. I'm gonna be able to have this opportunity and then to get here and to open on Broadway and to feel all the people every single night just be moved by, by this production and by this performance that I was giving is so special and as a performer you always hope that you're able to do work that really says something and There is no other production, no other show, no other company that I would want to be making my Broadway debut with. This was just like the stars aligned. And to share it with my family who has really just been so supportive my entire life, um, whether it be with my disability or my dreams or my you know, anything. And, um, and to move, to come back to New York and, uh, feel so welcomed and and embraced, um, was really special. And personally, it just did something for my confidence and for my self-worth and for my entire, um, (laughs) life. It, it changed everything because it, it was a moment of this was impossible and now you made it possible and that um that changes the way that you look at everything in your life (laughs) I reconnected with um, a friend from college and we started dating and fell in love like right after um the show opened and I know that that's all connected. When you feel like you are in your purpose, you begin to attract um, the things that you have always wanted because you're you're trusting and and you're um, living your truth.
0: And speaking of relationships, tell yes. me a little bit more about this guy that you're dating yes, that you um, reconnected with yes. from your school days.
1: Yeah, I um, I met him ten years ago in college. And then... um, What's his name? name Oh, yeah. His name is David, and he is um, a director, and he used to be a performer. So we really connect on our our careers and what we do, which is so important to me. It's been such a beautiful relationship, and uh, he is so special and um, has helped me um, really gain a new kind of confidence. It's been really exciting to find a partner who is uh, so on the same page and on board and so excited and inspired by my disability and um, who
0: really sees me so clearly. Now that Spring Awakening has closed, what's next for you?
1: You know, that is a very scary question um, for, I think, any artist because you don't know what's next until it hits you over the head. I'm busier than ever, busier than I was when I was doing Spring Awakening. What are you doing to Um, keep you busy? Yeah, I'm doing a lot of speaking. Um, I speak at colleges and conferences and galas and it's such a cool opportunity to be able to articulate my experience um over the past year and to give back and I really I feel so strongly about giving back because I've been given so much uh I'm also working on a bunch of new projects with people who I want to collaborate with um working on a new play working on a new musical um all things that are sort of uh, in my own hands, which is scary
0: but also exciting. Am I allowed to fish a little bit for details about <laughs> what's in store? Yeah.
1: Um, there's a new musical called "Unlucky in Love," um, which was created by a teacher of mine at NYU. So my teacher said one day someone will write something for you, and I said, "Well, that'll be a dream come true if that if that were to happen." And then he did. He was working on a musical that was sort of an, um, an adaptation of Cyrano, and uh, he rewrote the main character to be a girl in a wheelchair. And so I've been meeting with him and his collaborator to, um, you know, create this character and really create moments and scenes that are authentic.
0: What other dreams do you have for yourself moving forward? What else do you want to accomplish? It's
1: a great question. I want to continue to work and be a part of projects and tell stories that really push the boundaries and push what our culture has decided is... Uncomfortable and push that. And one of the things that I want to do is, I want to be on a sitcom and I want to play a character who's very open about her sex life. Ooh, I'm gonna watch. Because, <laughs> and because I, something that I'm very passionate about is um, this conversation about disability and sexuality. Could you tell me a little yeah, bit well, about it's, it? It's, yeah, um, it's not
0: often discussed, and um, I'm not going to tell a lie. I was thinking about it when you were talking about your relationship, and I felt so uncomfortable that I didn't say anything. Exactly. I didn't exactly because I didn't know how you exactly. would respond. Right? Exactly. I didn't,
1: I, so I think that um, you know, sex is also something that people hold um, private because it's a choice, not because they have to, but with disability and sexuality, I think there are so many questions and people are curious. I don't think that there has been a vehicle yet that has been mainstream enough to make disability and sexuality, um, just like common.
0: Can you, can you feel anything sexually?
1: Yeah. Great question. Um, I am asked that, Sometimes, or sometimes not. Um, and yes, I do feel, um, I do feel things, which is Even amazing. though you parents, so it's kind yeah. of like
0: you can feel things on the inside, even though you just feel pressure on the outside. Right.
1: I think that as I get older and also become, um, become more knowledgeable about my body, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess in my early 20s, I, I knew about my body, I know about my body, but like with, with... Time, you learn more about what you can. For me, what I can feel, what I can't feel, and my body is interesting. Sometimes I can feel one thing one one day, and then the next day I can't. So it's sort of like a map that's always changing, and um, and I I feel so fortunate to be in this body in this life because it really keeps me humble it keeps me asking questions and it keeps me exploring which is what I always want to be doing because I think that I think that that is one of the ingredients to happiness is like a dedication to always growing and learning about yourself
0: so uh so we as we close out the question about dreams so you want to be in a sitcom yeah and is there anything else I want to originate a role on Broadway.
1: I would love to do that um, because I love Broadway. I would love to play a role that is a character in a wheelchair and have it be somebody who's actually in a wheelchair. That feels like appropriate and important. You know, i want I, I wanna i want um, I, I wanna have kids. I say that like, I want to, I want to, I want to, because it feels a little bit further can down you? the line. Yes, yes, I can. Um, I I would love to have a baby um, at some point in my life. That's something I really want to
0: experience. <laughs> but not yet, not yet at all. Not yet. You have a lot in front of you, and I'm really looking forward to seeing you do it all. You're such a role model for so many, for myself included. What pieces of of wisdom, of inspiration, of advice do you want to leave us with today?
1: I think it's really important to find peace with being alone, with yourself. And it's so scary. And it's something that I am still trying to like wrap my head around and trying to explore. But if if we can find some peace with ourself, I think we judge less, I think we criticize less, I think we, um, we I think our egos are a little bit, a little bit, uh, a little more chilled out, and I think it creates a little more peace in our outside experience. Um, <clears throat> but sitting alone with ourselves is really hard and especially with our minds and what they say um but uh and i guess my second piece of advice would be that you are never alone and i just said finding peace with being alone but that you are never alone that there are so many people in the world that want to connect uh with with you there is support everywhere There is support everywhere, and um, in finding that support, you will find out a lot about yourself. So um, keep at it. Celebrate every day. At the end of every day, I always celebrate with my boyfriend. I'm like, we did it. We did the day. We did the day. What's your favorite way to celebrate? Um, Cooking. Making like beautiful food. Mm. <laughs> I love to
0: eat. <laughs> You're a gourmet cook? <laughs>
1: well, I don't know about that. But um, I love to cook, I love to eat, and it feels like such a celebration.
0: Allie Stroker, I have had the best time with you tonight <laughs> and had getting the best to know time you. With you. I, I can't even tell you. It has been so Thank wonderful. You. And the only thing that would make this interview even better is if you would grace us with your gorgeous voice. Would you <laughs> sing something for yeah, us? Yeah, I'll
1: sing a little bit of um, Home, which is from The Wiz, oh, and that I is- I love that song. <laughs> um, and that is a song that I sang um, the first time I performed on a stage, on a real stage. And when? When I was in fourth grade. So I was eight or nine years old. Wow, at the
0: very start. The very beginning. I love it, I love it. Take us back there. Thanks.
1: of a place where there's love overflowing. I wish I was home. I wish I was back there with the things I've been knowing. Wind that makes the talk. a chance for me to go back now that I have some direction. It would sure be nice to be back home where there's love and affection. And just maybe I can convince time to slow up, giving me enough time in my life to grow up.